three. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed. You can catch us online at sknr.net. You can catch uh, the weekly radio segments on BJ Shea's Geek Nation on KSWFM. We have the simulcast on our page as well as their page. We just did an extended segment on uh, recapping E3 2021. Uh, go to Pinal, P-I-N-A-L central.com, keyword skewed, and you can see our film and game reviews in the 12 papers and 21 markets that we contribute to. And of course, there's Skewed and Reviewed, the magazine. We're currently working on the June issue, so we'll have that out at the end of the month. And uh, we cover all things movies, games, television, travel, pop culture, and entertainment. Now, seeing as this is Father's Day weekend, and we have one of the uh, regulars on the show back east, I just came in from a very quick trip to California, literally drove over, covered something, stayed overnight and drove back uh, the next day. So it was pretty intense, that's for sure. A lot of miles in a very short time. So Justin and Michael and I, were going to have a little shorter than usual show just to recap it and let you guys know some things that are going on and coming up. So the two things I wanted to mention is that Postal 4 No Regrets has just put out its Thursday update. So while the game is still on the janky early alpha state, you can have a look at the uh, latest missions, which include a casino, a uh, racing uh, venue, a video game company, and uh, much more. So do check that out. Oh, voting as well. So do check that out. If you are a fan of the Postal Series, you can also get the game in early access on Steam and help support the completion of the game. Uh, also, if you are a fan of the DC Animated Series, I recommend Batman The Long Halloween Part 1. It is coming out on Blu-ray, Video On Demand, DVD, and I had not read the graphic novel series that this was based on, but it's quite intriguing when a murder takes place on Halloween, and then eventually it's learned that the killer seems to strike on the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and of course, with Christmas Eve coming up, Batman and company have to move into high gear to try to get to the bottom of this. The uh, supporting voice talent was quite good. Jensen Eccles does a great job as Batman and uh, the Joker has some of the best lines they always does. So moving on to games, I think E3 has been covered pretty heavily. We've done a lot on the site. We've done a lot of radio. We did the skewcast on it. So now we start to look ahead as to what is coming up. Now in uh, July we will have um, PAX East and we are still looking forward to PAX Online, but July 15th to 18th, we'll have PAX East. Uh, the following weekend, we'll have San Diego Comic-Con at home, and uh, we're already hoping that there'll be some game content. We had an announcement that the G.I. Joe spinoff Snake Eyes will kick things off, so nice to see a big movie panel already step up and uh, confirm for that. And then, of course, we have Summer Game Fest. And right now, we have EA Play Live scheduled for July 22nd. And, of course, people are waiting to see when Sony is going to make their next big announcement. And uh, Bethesda also has QuakeCon uh, coming up in the not-too-distant future. So we'll start with uh, 
Justin, what are you uh, looking forward to and what were you surprised you didn't hear about at E3? Yeah, so, um, you know, like you said, E3's been pretty well covered by now, but, um, you know, there were some there were some pretty big omissions there and, and some changes that, you know, we'll just have to sort of get used to. You know, Bethesda used to have their own big, big conference. They didn't do that this year, obviously, because they've been purchased by Microsoft. Uh, so they were kind of folded into the Microsoft showcase. Um, so, you know, the, the showings from Bethesda were very light. Um, so I'm guessing we'll, we'll see, you know, like you said, at QuakeCon, that's a that's a kind of Bethesda-specific event. So I think there's uh, there's usually some big trailers there, depending on uh, what they're kind of trying to push for the next year. So I think there's a good chance that we could see uh, at least gameplay for some of the things that they showed off um, at uh, or t- basically just teased at E3. I think that's that's certainly possible. Um, like you said, also uh, Sony was was absent at e- that at this E3 for a while now. Sony's kind of taken the the Nintendo model of kind of going at their own pace and you know doing these kind of like Sony Direct kind of presentations. So it seems like Sony uh, maybe they just felt like they weren't ready or maybe they um, just felt like you know maybe they, they want the spotlight on themselves um, a little bit later in the summer um, so I'm looking forward to those I'm looking forward to kind of see more of what Bethesda has because honestly it was it's a little disappointing that you know e- e- E3 usually Bethesda has a pretty good conference and you know we weren't really able to see um, much of what they have to offer going you know forward so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit more of what Bethesda has to offer, maybe seeing some gameplay for some of these games. Um, you know, and Sony is it, a huge omission. Uh, it really, you know, you really felt Sony's absence there. So kind of curious to see what Sony has for the next um, six months or so, six to nine months. Um, the other one that's also kind of big was, you know, EA. EA also usually has a pretty big showcase, and they weren't there either. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see what EA has in store, uh, as far as like Star Wars games, maybe we'll see the rumored, uh, uh, sequel to the, the Star Wars game, um, by Respawn Entertainment, uh, the, the Jedi game that I'm forgetting the name of at the moment. Um, so, you know, I, I think there, there's still some opportunity for some really good content, um, and really exciting stuff later in the summer uh but we'll have to kind of wait and see you know like you said pax 2 is also a a pretty good event especially for indies so so there's some uh, there's some exciting stuff going coming forward uh we'll just have to kind of be a little bit more patient and michael your take please yeah i mean a couple of things i did like um that we did see i mean obviously nintendo's new um metroid side scroller looks really good from e3 uh, i thought nintendo did an okay showing but i i do think sony and ea not being at e3 did hurt them a little bit sony in particular i think they've been kind of resting on their success lately and have kind of lost focus on some of these things so it'll be interesting to see what their the direct show um has coming out obviously with ea you know dragon age 4 um i'm expecting that we'll see Hopefully quite a bit about that. Maybe get an official release date on that. Um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, the sequel, as Justin was alluding to, I think that's another one that I think we're kind of waiting to, to hear about. You know, we've heard that there is a sequel in the works. 
Um, so I'm hoping that at the EA show we'll get to see um, some, you know, footage of that or at least get a trailer for that uh, again because we expect that's that's on the way. Uh, so, you know, a couple other things I was excited about. Obviously, Outer Worlds 2, the first Outer Worlds was a fantastic game. Um, and I know there's not a lot to that one yet, but I thought it was pretty interesting to see at least announced. Um, Jurassic World Evolution 2, huge fan of the first game. And the second one looks like it's going to be a lot more than the first. Um, so excited to see that. Uh, so, yeah, I think PAX will be a good way to show off a lot of these PC gaming titles. I did go to the PC gaming show and they covered, you know, a lot of these um less you know more of the indie type titles and in addition we got to see some additional footage obviously for um some of the big titles like battlefield and that sort of thing but i am interested to see some of these more uh, indie related titles that are coming out and pax is usually a good showcase for that so hopefully we'll get a a little bit more um a little bit more into uh into those games you know when that comes around so yeah i think there's still a lot that we don't know uh, i think e3 was kind of you know it, i think microsoft had a good showing um with Bethesda, but again, Bethesda, you know, sharing that spotlight, we didn't have a lot of time to dig into their new releases and that sort of thing, um, which I think QuakeCon will will kind of focus a bit on that. And it'll be interesting to see um, how that moves going forward. I think if Sony bows out of E3 again next year, and if EA does their own thing, um, Nintendo's been doing their own thing. I think it'll be a it'll be a very interesting show, and we'll have to kind of see exactly what that will lead to. I think following next year. I think it's a case of changing alliances. So you look at the situation of Bethesda. So now they are tied in with Microsoft. So that eliminated Deathloop, that eliminated Ghostwire Tokyo from their presentation because those are Time Sony exclusives. So, you know, I'm sure Microsoft wasn't going to have them up on stage talking up the games that aren't going to be playable on the Xbox for a while, even though they'd be playable on Windows. And so you're left with the situation of going, well, everybody knows Starfield and everyone knows the Elder, Sick, Elder Scrolls Six are coming. So in many ways, they gave us something without really giving us something. It was the old, well, we're not going to show gameplay. We're not going to do this, but we'll give you a little trailer just to show this. They did show off their Xbox exclusive uh, Left 4 Dead style game that got everyone interested. And... Again, we'll see what happens at QuakeCon. I mean, QuakeCon last year did not go big on reveals. In fact, most years they do not go big on reveals. That's the E3 showcase. This is more of a deeper dive into them and some playable builds of certain games on the floor. So we'll have to see what they have in store. What I find interesting is this uh, notion of Sony. Now, we heard a lot of uh, stories and speculation as to they just basically, you know, due to their success, don't feel that they need uh, a showcase like E3. I actually heard something the other day that kind of makes a lot of sense. If you remember the last time they did a showcase at E3, it was a rather unusual format where they had, you know, essentially people moving from set to set around the announcements. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it did not go over very well. No, it did not. And apparently, I've heard people say, well, that was it. They they were, call it embarrassed. They were frustrated, um, you know, whatever. And it was essentially the fallout from this that caused them to say, screw it. We're, we're done. We're not doing this. 
And, uh, you know, because their attitude was, you know, they they felt, uh, at least this is one of the speculations that I heard, is that they felt they were humiliated. And uh, they just did not want to be a part of that. And they feel that they can better control the situation by doing their own showcases, their own streams. And that and that's fine. And if they choose to do, you know, my, my thought on it is, okay, when E3 is back in person next year, if you don't want to do a live showcase, don't do a live showcase. If you want to just do a PlayStation live stream like Nintendo does with the Treehouse as part of it, fine, do that. But you should at least have a presence on the floor. You should at least have some kind of booth where you can show off games and stuff like that because, you know, sales or anything, it doesn't look good when your two biggest competitors are there and you're not. Yeah, I think the consensus I read was that it hurts Sony more than helping them by having no presence at all. Again, they didn't necessarily have to have a big showcase, but I think they should have had some presence there to to show off a couple of titles or something. But yeah, from what I've what I've heard from others is they felt that was kind of a big um, a big miss on Sony's part. And then looking forward to next year, all the rumors are that the PSVR two is going to be coming. Now, obviously, Sony being Sony, they can announce that there'd be a demand and all that. But don't you think it'd be kind of nice to make the announcement at E three, and then if you're not going to, you know, maybe doing select press demos or at least show off the unit there uh, for when people return, it would kind of be a nice thing that to versus saying, oh, here's a 30 second. I mean, a 30 second. Here's a 30 minute uh, stream with the games and some of the others. But, you know, again, there is that debate as to as long as these games keep selling, as long as the console sells, they have no incentive. And I think in many ways, maybe Xbox's Game Pass and maybe Xbox's better showing this time out will potentially move them forward. Nintendo apparently had a good showing. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Now, what I'm curious about is when you look ahead as to what you didn't see. I don't, I'm not talking about, per se, the um, companies we didn't see, but like even factoring in the Summer Game Fest, Activision came out said there'll be a new Call of Duty this year. No surprise, we've known that. But their focus was on the Season 4 update, which came out last week. I remember last year we got a reveal for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War much later than we normally do. I mean, usually we start to hear rumors in March and April, uh, May, by June. Uh, we get our first look at it at E3. And then you get some various things leading up to launch. So... Uh, I would assume that's something coming, but I got to say, after the big reveal, I was really surprised that we did not see Aliens Fire Team as part of the production. I think we're long overdue for an announcement as to when the game is actually going to ship, and considering that PAX is not really a place of announcements, I mean, that could change. Uh, I'm curious where that's going to come, because unless... There's another Summer Games Fest showcase down the line, uh, unless it's kind of a PlayStation, um, uh, you know, marketing tie-in, and it's safe for a PlayStation showcase. No idea. So, Justin, you have a take on that at all, or Michael? Yeah, um, I thought that was curious too. I thought that it would have probably shown up. It, Aliens Fire Team is kind of in a weird spot because it it's like a quasi half point between. You know something you'd sort of expect from like an indie um 
title to a triple a like it's almost halfway between those two things so it's it's not quite the game i would expect to have like a you know long demo at uh one of the headlining events at e3 um but i at least expected it to kind of show up you know sometimes during these presentations they'll have like a sizzle reel of like oh here's a bunch of games we don't really want to spend like 10 minutes showing you a demo of but here's a bunch of games that are coming out on our our console uh before the end of the year i thought certainly that we would see aliens fire team in one of those and we didn't which was pretty interesting um but like you said i mean there's more opportunities for them to kind of show this game off uh in the summer but um the, the the concern I have for it is that we were told uh, that it had like sort of a summer window to launch. and <laughs> We were told that as recently as June 4th. Right. Uh, and, you know, for, for uh, you know, the three of us who are here in Arizona, I mean, summer is here. So um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's kind of curious that we haven't seen anything on it. Uh, my guess is, you know, I, honestly, I actually do think PAX is a is a pretty decent place to show it off um just because it's it's big enough of a game um with high enough production value that i think that it could really generate a lot of hype um at pax um so i i do think that that's actually a good opportunity for it i mean when i went to pax east years and years and years ago uh they they announced um tribes ascend there uh mm-hmm. which yeah i mean tribes ascend not like a triple a game but uh, it was still a, a, a pretty decent announcement. I mean, it was a you know a, a pretty good develop. I mean, pretty you know hefty developer developing it. So um, it's not unprecedented. I think that there's a, there's a chance there, uh, but but they're kind of running out of opportunities to kind of show this game off. Uh, we've only seen a little bit of it. Um, we really probably should see more gameplay, more demos of it, uh, and a firm release date. Uh, I think we're kind of waiting for all of those things. I uh, wanted to go back real quick to another omission that I thought was interesting, um, considering the amount of, uh, I guess, rumors leading up to E3 about it. But supposedly there was going to be a, um, you know, a Switch Pro showed off by Nintendo, um, and I mean, you even had like Bloomberg uh, reporting on this that apparently this was like apparently going to happen. It's long been rumored that this that there is a switch pro in the works um and the fact it wasn't there it i thought was pretty interesting but i think what makes sense to me is that with global chip shortages that i don't think that we're going to see uh any kind of new hardware announcements uh at least from nintendo until probably next year uh because of the you know if they launch a switch pro at the end of end of this year during the holiday season um they're probably just going to run immediately into shortages so um, I thought that was also kind of an interesting omission, but maybe we'll hear about more about that kind of like later in the year. Yeah, interesting. And uh, I'll get your comment in a minute, Michael, but uh, GameSpot did uh, write up on Alien Fireteam, and they, again, said summer of 2021. This was dated on June 4th, and they said that would translate between June 20th and September 22nd. So, you know, if it's not going to be delayed, um, you have to get a situation in place so pre-orders can start and all of that good stuff. And then the other problem is that you have to 
traditionally find an outlet to um, promote said product. Um, you know, I just now checked on Amazon. There's still nothing up for the game, no pre-orders. So interesting. Uh, Michael, your take, please. So, you know, one of the things that I thought was interesting that we didn't see, and this is a game that's already been pushed back and was supposed to be released shortly, was Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. I mean, back in 2019, Gareth, we were in the room, we got to see a big demo of it. Um, the, the We were supposed to get it out earlier this year, then it was supposed to be, I think, April, then it was supposed to be summer, and now it's indefinitely, you know, uh, it, you know, so I don't know. They talked about LegoCon and maybe them showing it off there. And now I wonder if maybe there's a lot of, you know, when I hear about things like this, I start to wonder maybe it's a, a lot of the different cons are jockeying for reasons for people to attend. So what we see is, you know, it used to be E3 was kind of the big, you know, release, um, the news, right, where everybody would go to watch E3 for the big releases. Then we start seeing things like Gamescom. We start seeing things like PAX. We start seeing things like QuakeCon. Um, BlizzCon, all of these cons now. And I start to wonder, if, you know, with Sony doing their own thing, um, Nintendo doing their own thing occasionally, I start to wonder, are we getting to a point where we're so saturated in cons that everybody's kind of, you know, segmenting their own releases? So maybe E3 isn't a good indicator now of what's coming because there are so many other cons where they can announce things and they want to keep those specific to their audience. Yeah, it, it's interesting because as a follow-up to that, a couple of months after uh, we did the E3 thing, I'm, I want to say as we were getting closer to Christmas, one of the reps, not from the PR firm, directly from Warner Brothers, uh, said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do an interview for LEGO Star Wars. Go ahead and shoot over the questions. Well, they never got a reply. And when I asked about them weeks later, months later, I was told, yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. And that was the only time they ever discussed it. They've never mentioned the game. They've never replied to any um, responses to it. And, and you know, I, I don't want this to sound like a bashing of Xbox or games, but, you know, I always get upset when people start screaming, oh, this company won E3 and this company lost E3. And my attitude is that's a stupid buzzword that people put down for clickbait articles. You can have a good showing, you can have a bad showing. We've seen really good games and announcements never make it to market. We've seen really good games turn up and bomb, and we've seen things that didn't look that great light the world on fire. And I said, you know, prior to Microsoft acquiring Bethesda, let's not forget that they had an issue getting games to market. Let's not forget Scalebound. Let's not forget Crackdown 3 that when it did show up was a huge disappointment. And in that vein, do you guys remember last year, all we heard about was Scorn and the HR Geeker inspired Scorn and we got a 13 minute video on it and all of that. Well, where was that? It was supposed to come out this year. There hasn't been a peep of it since last year. Well, I think that's bit one, that brings up a good point though, is I, I, we see this happening a lot now with, I can, you know, uh, Skull and Crossbones, Beyond Good and Evil 2, we can bring Ubisoft into this as well is I, I, I almost wonder if sometimes the, the, we there's so much focus on the hype of a games that might come out that we never end up seeing the light of day. And, and then you kind of wonder, you know, why are they showing showcasing these at some place like E3 with the expectation that it will when a lot of these games kind of turn into vaporware, they just kind of disappear. And I mean, I understand things happen like the pandemic. I understand um, things that, you know, take a long time to um, 
come to fruition. What was the Sony game, the Last Guardian or whatever? That oh, game yeah. took 10 years or whatever to, to see the light of day. I oh, mean, oh. we just see these where where they they release them with a with a good video or with a good with good hype, and then they never come out, or by the time they come out, people have forgotten about them. You know, like we keep saying, oh, this year is going to be the year we get to see more about Beyond Good and Evil 2. And I think the last time we saw anything was, what, three or four years ago when they did the, the trailer? So, you know, it, it, that tends to be, I think, a big complaint now with a lot of these shows is there's a lot of showcases of, oh, these things are really cool. We might get around to making this, but they never actually get around to doing it. Or well, by the time they come out, um, they've been in development for so long that they're no longer the uh, the eye-catching release they would have been four years sooner, right? So it's 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 yeah. with any of the companies we see this across the board, it, it seems like anymore. It's almost like a kicking of the tires to see what the temperature on the game is, and then that decides how much uh, resources, how much time, how much effort. And for some games, I get it. You throw it out there and there's not the reception, so maybe you don't make it as big a priority. But then when you have something like Beyond Good and Evil, there there have been a lot of people wondering about this as to the timing. I'm kind of old school that if you show a trailer for a game, you should have it out within the next two years. And But then we've all seen examples of Biomutant as an example of something that we played years ago that just came out to the market now. So, you know, people do go... I've seen it firsthand at game companies where you constantly tinker and tinker and of course it all depends on the company whether they're going to allow you or they do they come a point where they say overtime over budget it ships or do they just say overtime over budget we don't like what we've seen we're pulling the plug it's done and that happens unfortunately all the time but um you know there's a difference to me between releasing a trailer online and having that happen I've always felt that when you go to a major trade show and you have a showcase and you include the game in your showcase, it should be at least in a state of production where you're pretty sure that A, it's going to come to completion and B, it's going to be there in the next couple of years. But yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think that's that's the key, right? Is I 100% agree that it's fine to throw out things online and say, hey, this is something we're working on just to get people's feedback and see how excited they are. It's another thing to say, this is our big announcement. Um, you know, this is something that's coming out. And then, you know, silence for the next four years on it. Exactly. And see, that's the thing. I, I do think that if you look around, maybe in this whole situation that's been going on in the world, companies are possibly re-examining things. We've heard stories about how EA would step back from larger Star Wars games and make smaller Star Wars games. I mean, in one way, we did see an example of that with uh, Squadrons, where it was a cheaper-priced game. It uh, offered a solid experience, but didn't have the depth of certain games. So perhaps they, you know, that's one way that companies are doing it. And then I can also see that maybe some of them are sitting there, like um, we we heard a lot of talk about the, about Ubisoft doing some of these free-to-play models with, with the Division game and some of the other franchises. There's talk of one that's a cross-Tom um, Clancy universe combined thing. And this could all be something as well that, you know, we don't know about. This could be something where companies say, we hit a stall with this program right here. We're going to go off and do these free-to-play games. 
we're going to take the revenue from that as well as the break that we have uh, from this stall project and use that as a, a sounding board to either a put fresh resources in it give the people a break and then have them go back to it with a fresh mind or simply move on and focus in a new direction but it it is odd i mean i know things happen i know that there is a lot of politics behind the scenes i've seen firsthand at a couple of game companies where everything from what is being shown how much is being shown which build are we going to use which hardware are we going to show it on who's going to do the presenting do we show it live or do we do i mean this all gets worked out but it, you know and yes i years ago i've seen games announced and hyped up that didn't come because for whatever reason companies simply lost uh, interest in them and they were maybe too far along and they felt just get them out the door you know just get them out the door and we'll go from that and move on and then others have said let's scrap them and others as we said continue to play around with them for years and years and years until they supposedly get them right but uh, we'll see now beyond that does anybody else have any games that they were curious about um, you know hey I thought so and so was going to have something why didn't we see it or this do you think there'll be a big announcement coming soon that someone's going to say we're going to wait until after E3 and we're going to drop this major one so uh, Justin, your take. What do you think? Well, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think um, I, I've I've continued to uh, want to see more of uh, Metroid Prime Four, which was announced uh, several years ago at this point. Um, but you know, I, I think that's one of those games that. Uh, I was sort of expecting that it's it's going to take a while because you know it, it sort of flew through uh, uh, flew under the radar that they sort of rebooted development on it. Um, but I sort of suspect that that game will end up being a Switch Pro like launch title, just because of how long it's taken to to uh, be made. Um, but you know, I I think if there was going to be a switch pro like coming out next year kind of thing um i think this would have been a good a good opportunity to kind of do what bethesda did with uh, starfield which you know i i have a little a few gripes with that uh that model which you know all we really saw was a visual style of, of starfield um we didn't get to see any gameplay or anything it's really mostly a second teaser which we already had a teaser um but at least, you know, you kind of reintroduce it and give it a date. You know, we got a date for Starfield. Um, so I thought maybe Nintendo could kind of do that and start kind of teasing, you know, at least say like, hey, you know, we've got a new Switch in development. It'll probably be out next year and this one will show it and kind of give like a short kind of visual teaser of what, um, you know, maybe Metroid Prime 4 will look like. I think that would be a pretty good opportunity for them just because... Uh, I think it would definitely generate quite a bit of hype just because of how long it's taken for uh, Metroid Prime 4 to come out. Um, you know, similarly, uh, there's, a, there's a few other games. Uh, I think Michael pointed out, you know, Beyond Good and Evil 2. We haven't seen that in several years. Um, you know, it, it's... I share basically the same criticisms that I, I think it's kind of a problem 
when companies use E3 to announce games that uh, are so early in development that we, we won't see them for several years. I mean, we saw that with a, a few other titles at E3 where um, they'll basically show a, a quick teaser or a very short kind of um, almost like a vertical slice kind of thing. And then, you know, we have a date of like 2023, which is obviously subject to change. But it's like, well, <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's a little weird to me to show show a game that um, could easily be shown at the next year's E3 because it's two years out at least. Um, so I don't know. I can kind of see both sides of it. Like, I, uh, like I said, you know, I wanted to see more Metroid Prime 4. Um, you know, and there's some other omissions there as well. Uh, you know, we, we know that um, some other games are, are in development by a lot of these companies, and we didn't really get to see see a whole lot of them. Um, but I, I think that's that's kind of one of the big ones for me. Uh, I'm a huge Metroid fan. I'm a huge, you know, really excited to see the new one uh, that they're that they're working on. But uh, that's one that you know I think uh, I wanted to see more of. Oh, another one, I guess, too. Final Fantasy 16. Um, they showed a, a demo of it la- last year's E3, and you know it was kind of odd that Square Enix had an entire showcase here, um, but didn't show anything on that game uh kind of questioning what was the purpose of their showcase um if they weren't going to do anything um you know really with with that so that's another one i suppose um you know i've played many of the final fantasy games so i was kind of curious to see a little bit more of of this one that's supposed to be coming out um which also did not get shown and michael your take please yeah, I mean, kind of what we had talked about, right? I'm just, um, to to Justin's point with the, the Switch, I wonder if init- there were initial plans to display that sooner, but given the, the chip shortage, they realized that it may be, uh, let's, let's face it, it'll probably be this time next year before there's much availability for Xbox or PlayStation 5. Um, and if the Nintendo Switch, they already know, is going to be a huge seller. I mean, it's the best-selling console, I believe, of all time. Um, so the Switch Pro is going to be in high demand, and I think maybe Nintendo was doing the right thing by holding off on an announcement when they don't re- really know how much longer it'll be before they actually have availability for parts and components to make it uh, realistic, right? I mean, a lot of people have already talked about how Xbox and PlayStation probably should have waited to release this year to have a better, um, not only a better library, but to have a better availability, right? I mean, they, they kind of everybody's kind of lost a year in that release with everything that kind of happened with the pandemic. Um, so I think Nintendo maybe learned from that lesson and decided they were going to hold off. Um, we've seen a, we've seen a lot of backlash for, um, video card companies, AMD and Nvidia who are releasing, uh, new video cards all the time, but nobody can get their hands on them. So are they really releasing them, you know, and, and they're, and these are things that are not going to be resolved this year. Um, probably won't be resolved until mid next year. Um, so yeah, it would make sense to me that maybe Nintendo is doesn't want to deal with you know the backlash and, and excitement of that, knowing that there's no way they're going to have any sort of firm release to be able to do that in the next year or two. Um, so I think I think we'll be interested to see if we hear more about that moving forward. Um, maybe next E3 we'll have more information. Maybe something before beforehand. I do understand that the pandemic kind of set everybody's schedules back, um, and I think this E3 was just a ongoing you know piece of that right i mean we we know that a lot of companies just now are starting to get back into full 
full force. A lot of companies are finally getting people back in the office now. Um, game development, while it can be done remotely, does suffer from not having uh, folks together to to brainstorm and, and develop and that kind of thing. So I think we're, we're still probably a year, year and a half behind schedule for most of these things. So I think I think the real the real test will be what does it look like next year in E3 next year. Yeah, and that's going to be the big question. I mean, it was a little busier last week than I expected following E3, but of course, this is the time when most game companies, uh, especially those who took part in the shows, go quiet. Uh, you know, it's kind of we spent weeks, months, well, not weeks, in many cases, months uh, preparing for E3 from the booth to the demos to the presentations that when they're done, many of them take a couple weeks off just to try to recoup because it is such a, a laborious uh, undertaking and there's a tremendous relief when it's all over. Uh, so that's kind of where we're at right now. I think we're in the quiet mode until we start to see things. I think the Hollywood news might actually be the, uh, you know, attention getter. We're waiting on uh, CinemaCon. We're waiting on Comic-Con at home. And as I said off uh, air, we had a couple of conventions. There was Steel City Comic-Con last weekend. We had, um, there's a small one, uh, SummerCon going on in Washington right now. And so you're seeing some of those kinds of cons resume. While PAX East is going to be digital, we are seeing some other ones planning for August, September onward. And so we'll see. But for now, that's it. It's kind of all wait and see. Let's see what the next week holds. And that is going to do it for us. I hope everyone has a very safe and happy week ahead. And we'll talk to you soon.